Welcome to Basement Side. I'm your host, Greg Olzerowitz, also known as Deeg. I'm here today with Planetside Outfit Wars champion, Madman, who co-led his outfit, Bushido Way, to gold-tier victory just a few days ago. How are you, Madman? Doing good. I'm having a nice day. Glad to hear that. I think you've certainly earned it. <laughs> I guess so. It's just, it's been a, it's been a long couple of weeks. What can I say? It's been nice no to doubt. kind of uh, sit back and relax a little bit. I'm glad you're getting to do that because you and a lot of the other Bushido Way guys really put a ton of effort into Outfit Wars. I want to talk to you about your journey all the way through Outfit Wars, back from the early kind of alpha testing stuff uh, all the way up through um, Bastion, War Assets, Qualification, and of course the contest itself. Um, and in addition to that, we're going to talk about um, just generally how successful was Escalation and Outfit Wars. What's the kind of hardcore or casual split? What's the approach that different folks are taking to it? How's the community reacting? And of course, where we go from here. Um, so without further ado, uh, let's jump into it. Uh, Man Man, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and, um, and a little bit about how you came to Bushido Way and what Bushido Way is about? Uh, me? I'm a... I'm just a regular dude, I like to think, but uh, I, I spend I spend most of my days in my life uh, as a full time programmer. Uh, I write mostly a lot of Python, and I do tend to I tend to tend to spend quite a bit of my time as a uh, as a cloud uh, a cloud uh, admin as well. Uh -huh. So I'm um, it's just that's just that's just life in a day to day kind of thing. So, but no, no. So uh, Bushido Way, uh, it started off. Uh, but so defensive shades. He started the outfit, and he started it on TR because that's kind of his home calling. And there was roughly about, I think he roughly had about six to twelve guys that he got to join it. Um, I think it was a little bit closer to the smaller side of that number. And he was looking to grow his outfit into, you know, a point holding outfit. And, and that was joke, right? Uh, no, that was before. Oh, that was before B way. So no joke. Joke was something that started in 2015, uh, I believe, maybe 2014. I think it was 2015. It ran uh -huh. for about a year under his influence, and then he went to college. And then he spent four years in college before coming back to Planetside. Gotcha. And so he came back, thought about running with the existing joke, and then, but the outfit um, uh, 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 culture was not the right, the right setting anymore for what he was trying to cultivate. So he set off and started Bushido Way with the intent of making a infantry-focused Bushido style. And back then, that meant, you know, the only thing you got was your Orion and your med kits, and that's honorable it. combat. Yeah. Honorable combat, right? right? You're you're allowed a little bit of movement. You know, you're allowed to use your knife, um, you know, your decimator, but no, no maxes, no, 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 no bolters. Just no just, shotguns. It, you were, very no important. shotguns, very important. Yeah, uh, and uh, which is kind of ironic, which I'm sure I'll talk about in a minute here. Uh -huh. um, uh, and uh, and yeah, so so that was the foundation of this new little outfit he had started up. And I mean, as always with Planetside, honestly, it takes kind of like a, it takes a certain type of leader, and it takes a little bit of a critical mass to kind of like grow an outfit. So. Um, what uh so what he did is he did what you do you know you go and 
maybe look for people that are unhappy in in other outfits and uh and you all and and maybe even look into something into an outfit merge so i remember he was looking around trying to find players and i was used i ran casual ops with moral hazard and we probably got about two squads on a good day Uh and and I think I did about three that about three times a week, and I ran off for them for those guys for about two years. Or so, but anyway, so the deal was is I how big I'm was Moral Hazard ca- at this time? Uh, we had roughly there was probably a hundred and twenty odd players that had, were in the outfit. It was still kind of a smaller midfit. Um, it was well known, uh, because it kind of has its legacy back to um a combination of of the old Angel Company, uh, the Night Ravens. Um, and then there's some lore in history how that how those two kind of and uh, merged together, and then there was 9D and uh, uh, Angle Company, and then there's a and then there was uh, uh, Bloods Angels, which is SNGU, um, and then and then well, well actually I might have those, I have those two. landscape of planet side. Yeah, it's like um the it really goes far back, and um you know it's funny even before all this I ran an outfit in 2013 called uh mdns so it was my outfit i built it back then it it got to roughly about 150 people strong um and uh yeah it was called the keepers of madness such a i, uh-huh. I have a i have a knack i have a knack for madman grabbing the cringe names yeah, madman yeah. in my head well, you know sense. yep um and so yeah it was kind of it, it was that was a good outfit that was we had a lot of fun um it was in it in its heyday it probably was at three squads max um it was a lot it was again it was just a lot of fun and i i remember i took a i think you know back then and and as always any any one man outfit where somebody say take where the where a leader takes a little bit of a vacation for various reasons whether it's real life which was my case i had to, i had a, you know something drastic changed and i couldn't i couldn't I, I went i was like dead in the water uh to these guys that because i just simply couldn't play at all and i remember sure. 9 months later i finally got back to it and it was it was dead because nobody was there to keep it alive. Yeah. And uh, and that's just the way it works. So this outfit that I put, you know, two or three years of blood, sweat, and tears into fell apart because, uh, organizationally it was weak, right? When it came, when you have a single point of focus. Right. So that that was something that really that kind of got remedied in HCD because it had 13 of me, right? Uh-huh. So HCD was was a larger group. And and it was I mean they were all good friends of mine, um, some from past days and and some and some more recent and a lot of them I still play with today. Uh, one of them you know quite well, Rug Cutter. Right. So. Yeah, we're good uh, friends. Exactly. So I mean, yeah, it's kind of like and you know and you know ATD had its own problems like when you're leading by quorum, but what it never lacked was a constant. Like, it always had a constant leadership, uh, you know, presence. It, and uh, and if anything kind of spelled like a little bit of the the minimizing of that outfit was simply just planet side 2 kind of shrinking for a while there yeah i like we this game struggled for a, a good a good bit and it kind of really uh toned us down there but i mean not to get into that topic too deeply but yeah it's a big um, topic for sure it's a big a big topic so anyway eventually hzd and shades collided how did yep. that happen so I I can't remember the exact occurrence, but it was something something along the lines of, hey, uh, I'm a casual leader, and and shades I remember fighting you 
back when you started joke and i remember how impressive it was so and i was like a bunch of my guys want to play competitively and more seriously but i can't i can't do that i don't i just don't have the like the 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 mental discipline to really kind of house all of those call outs specifically to have all that training in place like i can get close but i i just can't get quite all the way there while kind of having fun at the same time right so I get about 80% of the way there. I, I get serious, but then I chill out. Um, so anyway, so the deal is, so so my deal was him, with him at first was like, you know, I really don't want, I don't want to come run an outfit with you. Um, and I don't, and I don't, and I'm not really, I'm not going to give you stake in mine. So here's what we'll do. We'll just share players, right? Your players will come to my side for my ops and uh-huh. my players will go to your side for your ops. Huh. And what it, and what it did is it just, like for me, I ran one less op a week, and so I ran two a week, and he ran two a week, overlapping. So, so like mine would be on, you know, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays, and his would be on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or and he might have done another one on a Saturday or something like that. Uh huh. And and so it let those players play more, which they'd been wanting to do, and it let them play competitively, which yeah. they had been wanting to do. Let them get and, their sweat on a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it kind of put a little little law and order into them a little bit, and uh, let them do what do some of the things that they really wanted to do. Um, and eventually, what happened though is um, the B way side of the house just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew, and I put more and more and more in time into it, and uh, eventually it became my full time home. Right. Right. And uh, like that that's just kind of how the transition made like as it grew as it got bigger as the philosophy behind it you know kind of was expanded upon uh you know it really had a good core right it was it was easy to work with the people it had a good system in place it was it was it was i don't know just better organized just because from the from the from the inception of it it had you know a strong you know a strong leader with a strong ideal behind it and and you know, honestly, Shades did the hard work by setting the tone, and then you know, just keeping up with that is is not it's exactly enough. easier. <laughs> it's a, but it but it was it was enough to like make it worth it in a sense. Sure. Like we were like we like we were able to have full ops again. Like in a in a game that was dead, right? We had full ops. We had we had large squads. We had these amazing performances that we were doing. We had people that we were training we were growing within the community we were growing other aspects of the community and um and it was a good thing and and i just couldn't i couldn't not help it per right. se like it just it bushido way is something that just draws you in yeah when i approached you guys and full disclosure to everyone who doesn't know um i'm a uh part of the b-way university um i've enrolled um and uh, so I had the chance to be embedded with you guys starting back from summer last year. And when I came, the kind of vibe that I got about Bushido Way, about B-Way, Banu on Emerald, is that it was kind of like, like a monastery, like holding on to the, lost, the last final lost scrolls of knowledge during the dark ages of Planetside. That's kind of what it felt like to me. And uh, I don't know if... if, if if you think that, that that makes any sense, but that's the vibe I have, I always had back then, and now with escalation coming through, it's uh it's really gotten bigger. But uh, yeah, I, I mean you're not wrong about some of that stuff. Um, 
So a, a great example is I like the there's a lot of things that I learned even after being like a four or five year old player. Um, some of the some just some of like even the most basic one, just simple simple peekers advantage. Um, I remember right. like I would under I understood like concepts of client side and and positioning and all of that stuff. But at the same time, like these guys, it it has it had become a science for them, right? They were they were like, you like they had it down to a core. You could, they're like, this is exactly how it works, and this is exactly how you, you know, you use the game mechanics to their fullest, and really kind of set yourself up for success. Sure. And uh, so it's it was pretty impressive, and I I mean I honestly I had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun being and being competitive and playing competitive in you know a somewhat you know side like semi casual semi competitive game sure so in a way Bushido Way was really perhaps well poised when the first hints of outfit wars started percolating through the idea mm-hmm. of an organized competition um perhaps more well suited to or to the, to the task than than many other plant side outfits who have been you know kind of having the They've been logged in every day, but Planet Side for a while has been, I think, hard for outfits to get excited about. And a lot of people, it seems like to me, are scrambling to 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 get back into uh, an older, um, more um, I'm not sure what the right way to put it would be, but it'd be a mindset. Yeah, there was a time where there was a mindset of, of Planet Side where like this is a big game that could get bigger. Let's t- take it seriously and see how far we can push it. And I think. A lot of people gave up on that that challenge, and in a way, Bushido way kind of kept the fires burning, and we're ready to hit on this. But that didn't mean it was going to be easy. Um, I'm curious now. Um, so eventually, Moral Hazard Bushido way kind of merged together. I know that there's still some independent stuff going on there, but I don't really want to get bogged down in that too much. What I want to talk about is this January when. When Bushido Way got approached uh, by um, community members to start testing something called Outfit Wars, at the time no one knew what it was. How did that look? Uh, how did it look? How did, you meaning like uh, how did they approach us, or yeah, how did or that like, go? How did how what did, was or the how did outfit, Um, well, we had somebody that uh, is a longtime content creator and a member of the outfit um, come to us, and he basically was like, "You guys are kind of bred and." built for what this looks like it should be so so i basically i so i this is him talking me paraphrasing what he's saying he's like so basically i signed you up and Uh (laughs) with your consent of course and um i basically said like i know exactly who to 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 bring to this and it's you guys so so let's do it and and what was interesting it was there was basically and you know it's funny the developers said about said about it honestly afterwards is it was a gentleman's agreement there was a gentleman's agreement, right. no NDAs in place. There was a gentleman's agreement to keep our lips shut about it. And uh, and it worked really well, far better than any other NDA that they, you know, forcefully tried to put out there. And uh, it was kind of, it was kind of nice. Anyways, so I remember we got in, we did testing. Uh, we did have our fair share of complaints to the devs about how, it, how about how they did their tests. Um, you know, it it cashed in on a lot of um, uh, spouse tickets, if you know what I mean. A lot of personal yes. life, 
a lot of personal life tickets. I know what you and, mean. And uh, yeah, so like people, uh, because we would get like six and eight hour notifications, maybe 24 hours at best for the first couple. And, uh, and that, I mean, that did the slide. We, we gave them the appropriate feedback and they were nice enough to give us some 72 hour notices after that. But um, so, I mean, but not a lot of people understand, I think, the fact of the difference between live play, something that's polished, um, and pre-alpha development grade play. That's a that's a totally different monster, and it it wears on. Um, it's and especially when you're manhandling a group of 48 players and you give them two things. You're like they're like not now you're not they're not just playing anymore. Now you're asking them to think. You're asking them to provide feedback. You're asking them to take extra time out of their days for all of this stuff. Um, you I mean it's so like so like the process of providing all of this feedback and coordinating 48 people to do it. Um, very very labor intensive right very labor intensive it was um it was a lot of work and and we felt that with uh we felt that with that but but the but but at the same time we were kind of excited about simply being able to talk to the devs honestly like as, as silly as that sounds there was such a like a we were so starved we were like the entire the entire player base felt so starved of dev communication at the time that you know it was almost like all of the players were like they were they were hungry they were yeah. hungry to get in there and just to be heard water and, in the desert um, yeah yeah exactly and people really just kind of ran for that and so so yeah the first the first week and a half people were strong they cashed in every ticket they had to be a part of it um they you know they gave a wall of feedback. If we, if I were to go back into my feed, there into my feedback thing, there was probably somewhere close to twelve, like eleven or twelve pages of feedback on the original Outfit Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's no, that's no double spaced crap. That's you know that's all that's packed in Discord messages. So um, yeah, so people were definitely they wanted it. They wanted it badly. And um, oh yeah, you got some. That's some. That's some official. Uh, that's some pre. Oh yeah, this is from the Alpha, Alpha Wars footage yeah. right there. Yeah, that's from the yeah, Alpha Test. Yeah, it's we're talking about it. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's is a, that's some some good uh, some good sight into what it used to look like. It lot a lot more foggy. A little bit looks like it looks like there's snow on everything compared to you know, the richness that it has now. Yeah, they really um, polished it up for the for the final release. Also, they the ba- the base has changed a lot from the original tests, right? Yeah, we we gave them a lot of feedback that um uh, that armor was too was it was no there was no infantry at all yeah like it was you were literally standing on a box in an open field so i mean and unfortunately as much as we wanted you know vehicles as much as we wanted vehicles to be a part of it we really just you can't get rid of the infantry at all like just having no infantry was kind of a game breaker for him and it just made us not interested right uh, at least, at least that's for us, right? We're infantry. Bases are taken by infantry, not by vehicles. At least that's the that's yeah. the motto. That's part um, of the Bushido way. Yes. Infantry focus. Yeah. 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 There's a base right there. And I'm sure other uh, outfits who were involved, who had more of a vehicle focus, probably had different feedback. Maybe I I felt like um, a lot of the players involved. Well, I mean, I, honestly, eighty percent of the player base is is infantry focused, right? So I'm honestly 
not too surprised that they really kind of retuned it to have a lot of um you know a lot more of an infantry fluent to it um but yeah so i mean the outputs from that you know we, it was a little labor intensive for the testers after two weeks we were done with our closed testing um and, th and then after that they opened it up to the public uh, they let the public kind of see what was going on right, and they got all right. that they, they did all of those um they did all they brought in all of those uh, the media to check it out and uh yeah they made, and things went well people were really excited for it and uh, and a lot of our like the the feedback was heard immediately by the way like we we submitted our feedback after the first week and then they had all of the changes posted by the following week and right. we were in there checking out they had the new they had the new bases in place um they changed how the time how the scoring was done cuz it used to be it used to be kill based right um and and that was just that was not objective gameplay. That was abysmal. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't planet side. Yeah, that no, that wasn't planet side at all. Um, th that was a little bit closer to like the elitist side of planet side a little bit. Eh, maybe I don't know if that's the right way to explain that or not. But yeah, it was it was not it was not a healthy way to play the game. Right? Yeah. It should, this planet side is about taking territory. Like at like at the final core, Absolutely. like it objectively, it's about you know your KD doesn't matter if you've lost the base in a sense. It's yeah. You know, you got it. You're you're here to do battle. That's what makes it different from almost any other online shooter you can play, right? That's what makes it unique. That's what makes Planet Side Planet Side. Without that, um, yeah. I mean, I think when I first heard about this in the Discord, um, before I got to see anything, um, yet the idea of an organized set piece show match in Planet Side is something I never thought the Planet Side Studio would do because it's had a history of saying no, we we care about the live game. We want you to play the live game. We don't want to take people away from it. And um, there have been community efforts, a lot of them, to kind of coordinate these kinds of things anyway. And I wondered when it first was, when I first heard about it, if they were going to try to make something that was similar to what the community has done. But this is, um, Desolation ended up being something completely unique, I think. I, I think so. I, you know, I I have a tough time with the whole... I I honestly like some of the tactics and the maybe I guess you could say some of the politics that go into a one v one v one match. Uh -huh. Um, I I think it has a lot more flavor. Um, and it's definitely different. So it might not it might not be completely fair, and kind of don't mind that either, right? Um, the the map. I don't know if 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 anybody's looked at the Desolation map, you'll notice that the two front bases aren't linked together. Um. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a pretty that's actually a very strong link when you want to prevent um um uh, double teaming right so if one team pushes all the way to your warp gate they can't jump across directly mm -hmm. and just completely cut you off immediately they have to go to the center first which is now closer to the other team which means it you means, it means it gives you more at options. once instead of just one yeah exactly it really the map really incentivizes you to not get double team it can happen anyways and you know, there can be two teams with a vendetta and they, that they really want to shut you down. And yeah, you can get into some of those cases where, you know, some irrational behavior leads to uh, an unfair match. And right. well, let's be real, it's not exactly an irrational. The strongest team is most likely to win. And I think that's kind of one of the most fantastic and fascinating parts about it is um, not fair. I think that's that, yeah. that, that things, I think that's kind of what makes it a little bit like now all of a sudden i think it you know I, again i'm thinking some of this is a little bit of thinking of it on my feet now but essentially it's 
it I mean it in a sense if you stack your team you'll get focused the strongest team is most is the most likely one to lose in an outfit wars and I I kind of like that a lot like one yeah there's know, an, an almost subconscious double team right if you perceive yourself to be the underdog even if there's not a literal alliance between the two so-called underdog factions that's something that is easy to have emerge i think yeah i i kind of i would i'd like to play devil's advocate to kind of be be a good you know uh give you a good argument but i, I kind of feel the same way you do i think that you can't separate planet side from politics and i don't think you should try almost um i really love a lot of the more like objective head-to-head formats that communities come up with totally a place for that but i'm not displeased to see and this having come out as being asymmetrical and prone to that kind of thing um we saw some pretty lopsided results uh and uh, we saw some some pretty close matches i think that generally um i was surprised that there weren't more lopsided matches given given the way that the qualification phase kind of kind of panned out yeah i mean honestly we saw we saw when it comes to to that we actually saw the all of the major right um so there were three three matches that weren't supposed to happen and by by the and the the only reason they happened is because people went out of their way to kind of break the rules and that is t recursion and b-way like all three of those outfits essentially brought on additional members uh well i not maybe not additional but they they I don't, I don't want to say that they brought on additional members for the event, but they definitely, well, no, no. Well, we, like, we definitely brought in 20 people from Elway. We're like, we, we know there's no way we're going to make the points. So we're going to bring 20 people from our university into the main outfit for the duration of the event. Right. And that'll help, that'll help us make sure we can play in it. And, and we put in six hours a week each. I'm right. sorry. No, I'm sorry. Six hours a day for each person over five days straight. Yeah. Yes, and, so yeah, was, we should we should actually back this up to the very start of qualification, right? Because there okay, was yeah. a point where B-Way had opted out of Outfit Wars Truth. because of the way that it was set up. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about that decision and, and what, what what that kind of discussion was at the high level of the outfit. Yeah, so on day one, when, the, the, when, when we first saw the results drop, um, it was based, the original scoring was based on the total score of all of your members in a single hex. And it kind of, it honestly was an impossible, it became an impossible metric to, um, to work with, honestly, for, for an outfit, the, for any of the more organized outfits, which are typically the smaller ones, uh, they, none of them could compete. None of them could get enough members into a hex to take bases anymore. And there was some other scoring that was going on in there well, but like a great example is I think, like I think B-Way ended up with 7,000 points and Sokar's Legion closed it out at 101,000 points. Yeah. And it's right? not like, we were a hundred times. It's not like B-Way them. wasn't going pretty hard. Like people were trying, at least at the uh, very start. No, uh, we tried for the, we, no, we just played our normal playthrough. Uh, we didn't do anything extra because uh, what we immediately saw was an unwinnable uh, qualification map. Uh, like we, we, we would have had to put all of the members online for 24 hours straight every day. And on top of that, the old score also promoted um, ghost ghosting lane 
uh, even more so than the second one. So right. it was basically uh, we it it encouraged us to if we so if we wanted a base from Sokar, just as Sokar an from, being the leader of Sokar's Legion, who is the biggest outfit on Vanu Emerald and was by was the de facto B way competition, right? The question being, right. can Bushido Way can Bushido Way and its fifty to hundred players defeat Sokar's Legion and its what thousands? I can't remember how many they have. Oh, I, 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 I think you had that a little backwards. Did you say fifty-two hundred Bushido members? No, fifty. Oh, sorry, fifty to a hundred. So between fifty and a hundred, a range. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah, we we Good had um, <laughs> we had we had uh, eighty-eight active people uh-huh. uh, in the last seven days before the start of that includes the all the Bushido way trainees who opted in to do that's everybody for Bushido way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's everybody, and. So we basically did the quick math and we saw how fast the, the bar on, for SKL was going up and we're like, nope, we're not doing that to our players. We just, we already, you know, we've already played the, we already did all the beta tests and we're just, we're simply not going to beat our players up to just to get them into this ranking. We're just not going to do it to them. It's, okay. it's abuse. It was abuse. It'd be, it'd be, it would be literal abuse. So you're able um, to forecast it right from the start. Like there was no ambiguity. Like, no, they didn't really get this right. It's not really for us as it stands today. Yeah, you, that was we were, day one we were, of qualification, part one, essentially. Yeah, it, it, Shades and I were two dudes on two surfboards looking at a tsunami coming in, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's a beautiful image. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be a rough ride, to, a rough wave to ride. Uh huh. All right. So then, what yeah. happens next? Um. Well, I mean, we kind of ignored it. Uh, for a couple days, we actually had some training. Uh, we did a three-day training with uh, uh, with all of our members. Um, was that the one that it you was did really, with Arshi? That was the one we did with Arshi. Shout yep. out to Arshi and... TV. That man is doing a service for the Blinded Side community. <laughs> yes, he is. The dude, uh, he is he is working very hard and clearly, uh, and, yeah. it's, and it's showing. Um, but no, it it was very educational. Um, lot, and in fact, we've turned those into our de facto resources for new people coming into the outfit. Um, we asked them to watch at least the first two, if not three, and uh, it kind of brings them up to the minimum level of understanding you need to be in order to be simply competitive and learn faster. So, right. um, and it's the same training that you've gone through that that was taught to you personally, uh, and uh, you being Deke, uh, um, but no, yeah. So we did that. And then, and then three days later, there was, you know, Rel put out that message that was like, looking at these scores, they're not really what we want to see. So we're going to change it. We're going to try to have less ghost capping, which, yes, yes, there was less ghost. There, I mean, there, hold on, how do I explain this correctly? There uh-huh. it wasn't ghost capping, it was zerging. He, he was like, right. let's do less zerging. And, so- the, but the side product was it, it meant disbursement. Then it went from zerging to ghost capping. But yes. Right. So there are a number of like, I guess you can think of them as degenerate kind of ways to play the game that were didn't create great planet side, but made for good points. And it seems like there was a shift when Rel and team stepped in to say, hey, we're going to make a change where suddenly outfits like Bushido Way, who looked at it and said, this isn't like... It, we're not like a few hours a day off from this. We're like we need we need like more more days in the week. We need like ten ver- ten copies of each member to even hold a candle. 
to all of a sudden, after those changes, which I think some of the main things that they did, right, was they made it so that only the top X number of outfit members in a hex contributed to base captures. That was a change. Um, they also eliminated some sources of experience from contributing to that score um, that were easily um, easy to get, to get out of hand. Things like revives, things like ammo resupply, uh, a few other I'm sure I can't remember. And um, that combination of things shifted the balance of scoring away from bigger outfits that load up a hex and spam to outfits that can slay a lot, you know? If you can put yep. down a lot of dudes with headshots, then suddenly you can take a base, even if there are four times uh, the number of some other outfit in the same hex. Yeah, and I, I kind of don't know if that's a balanced way to do it either. Uh -huh. um, like, like it's really, like, B-Way shows up at a base. Ten guys, right? Because that's the, the metric that they use. And they don't count. And they're the top slayers there. Uh -huh. Right, they they outfrag everybody else. They get they get more points than everybody else, but that's not necessarily all of the work, right? So, I mean, I do understand that you know the metric. That so the so the, what's the what what I'm trying to get at is the metric is more of an more of an encouragement kind of thing. It's it's encouraging uh, outfits to not more, put more than one squad on a base. So uh -huh. it's encouraging them to spread them out across the line, which which I think is a, a good way to do it, honestly. Um, but I, I, but at the same time, it's not exactly indicative of who's doing the most work at a base. So VC shows up, they've got, oh, okay, VC is not on our side. VCO on purple shows up. They put, they put two squads somewhere, uh, and then B-Way shows up. We put one squad there, but we, you know, we'll take, and let's say we outfrag them. We take the base because we've got, you know, more kills than their top 10, but they still did two thirds of the work, right? right? Or maybe they did half the work and we did half the work, but. Putting you know, bodies so, down yeah, can still be a lot of work. I mean, yeah, just bringing I, guys to a base. And you're right, it isn't just killing. Like, in, in a way, killing is is one of the last outcomes of the work you put into a base, right? Yeah. Well, you know, here's a really good example. Sokar's Legion. Um, in the final pointage of the last tally, for before we went into it, uh, they ended up at 58,000 points. B-Way had 61,000 points. And, um, but, B-Way had killed 50,000 players in that time. Sokar's Legion had killed 110,000 players. Huh. They did twice. They they killed twice as many people uh, that, that we had. Interesting. So, right. I didn't so there's know that some, number. So, yeah. There's so there's some metrics like that. So who's really doing all the hard work? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like so, uh, uh, you know, honestly, if you look at it that way, it's kind of like, I don't know, somebody's, you know, you're you're. It's almost like you're 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 riding on some coattails in some ways. So, I mean, not to take for away from my guys, they worked freaking hard without a doubt. They put in an obscene amount of time and effort and play to yeah, get into so this, but it was like a five day just, blitz. And over the course of the five yep. days, I think that, that you guys, the leadership passed out like team speak badges to people who put in more than 24 hours, more than 48 hours and more than 72 fucking hours into that. We had, into that yeah we that had blitz. three people yeah we had three people that put 72 hours in in five days it's just I can't insane even imagine bro i mean they were dedicated they wanted they wanted this and um all right so let, let let's talk about this a little bit so when we yeah. we we um had an outfit meeting right and we're like we have an we have an opportunity a very 
small opportunity so that if we start basically tomorrow, we could possibly participate in Outfit Wars and we might be able to do it. We might be able to pull it off. Um, and we were up front with them. Like, we're taught, you guys will never stop playing for the next five days. Like, it, every, all of your spare time, it'll be 100% planet side. And, right. um, and the vote came back like 47 and with the outfit, with three outfit leaders voting no. Yeah. Because they knew. Yeah, knew I think you guys did that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I voted. I voted. Whatever. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was ready. I was ready for the battle. Um, I wanted it. I wanted the battle for sure. But, yeah. uh, but the, but the, but the stress it, t- it takes on the players is pretty, is pretty high. Uh, yeah. we, we knew that going into it though and, but our community also likes to swim so kind it's of part scary. of the fun see how far you can push right see how high you can how far you can take those kind of performance goals yeah yeah, yeah so yeah so so that worked out well um and then we we grinded essentially is what it was what it came down we grinded for five days straight um and during that five days we had some we had a, a lot of good things happened um you know our community really grew stronger together um you know, honestly honestly it couldn't have happened at a better time given all of the virus issues that we're having across the world and all and everybody being at home like so honestly it turned into kind of like this mecca for people to socialize yeah and uh e- even during the middle of the day like we had we had lunch crews running right people would be taking their lunches at home you know they'd be logging off of, they'd be logging off of work and they'd be logging on to planet side for an hour stuffing their faces with sandwiches you know, and just getting out there. We had two squads running, 24 people playing over their lunch period every single day for an hour. And, <laughs> I mean, that's serious dedication. Lunch ops. It's got a ring to it. Lunch, Yeah. Yeah. Lunchtime warrior, man. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so uh, we scraped. We, and even with all of this hard work, it, by the way, it was 90, 90 in-game days uh-huh. is what our finality was over those five days of play. Um, Yikes! We we barely came ahead of we barely made it into the gold bracket with three thousand past our 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 closest competitor competitor which was Sokar, um, and then below them was I believe Vcats with like twenty three thousand or twenty thousand points yeah. something like that. So it was a it was literally a gig- even even with the changes it was a gigantic just tidal wave that we were running from the entire time. What's your sense was- of the way that Sokar's Legion approached qualification. Did they just play like normal? Did they deliberately do anything different? Do you have any inside insight into that? Um, I do know that there was pro- there was some like memeing per se into like how the point system kind of works. I mean, I do think some people may or may not have focused onto um people ghost capping a little bit. Like honestly before before the people were probably still there, just playing how they play, like just a casual player sitting on a base, enjoying the environment. You know, none of that hardcore stuff that Bway does. And they're just, and then like, you know, and and then like one dude comes across, you know, the bridge to fight him or something like that, and they're happy with that, and that's their type of. There's nothing wrong with. It. And I think some of those guys may have been focused on a little bit as being like a, targeted for ghost capping. Sure. And obviously, since Sokar's eighty percent of the Vanu population, right. right? They get all the crap for that and um big target so i think some of yeah yeah so i can't really say that they change like i think they just have so many different players of so many different play styles that and just their sheer the sheer mass that they have their 24 7 mass 
they just simply them existing made them a very tough thing. Now I do know that they still ran their ops, their platoons, and they may have ran a couple extra platoons, um, time schedules. And I do know on the last day, Sokar put out the word. He's they went from 600 unique characters over the first four days to 1300 unique characters logging on in the last day <laughs> they they pushed yeah, huh they, yeah yeah so card put out the word and for the last day they really kind of you know charged forward after us they really wanted to see if they could snake the gold spot from us and uh snake in a good way you know so card is um was very very nice about it very he was very very friendly guy so uh so yeah yeah it, we almost we almost didn't make it we got close. We we actually slipped into second place once, on like the first Ooh. day. Yeah, we 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 worked hard. We were five thousand ahead. We woke up the next morning. We were two thousand behind. You know. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, and also yeah. the reality of oh shit, we can never stop playing Planetside until this is over. Like yeah, this is fucking real. Yeah, we just we just signed up for something and uh, and nobody wanted to give up. Yeah. So it was a combination of inspirational and. Uh, and some other stuff. Yeah, it was honestly just thinking back to it's making me tired. Yeah. You know. How exhausting. And then after the call after that ended, there was like um four or five days between that and the actual outfit war to do preparation, right? Yep. Yeah, we well the first thing everybody did was um take a break. Sleep. Like yeah, we all <laughs> slept for two days straight. I, I swear that's what it felt like. Um and then I think Come Wednesday, uh, the squad leaders got together. We started planning a little bit. Uh, we hopped on Desolation to kind of look around a little bit, which was tough considering they were doing testing and they kept kicking us off. So we, so the first time we got on was maybe for 10 minutes, and that's all the exposure we got. And then we were able to get the whole outfit on to do a little bit of infantry in one of the donuts because we wanted them to kind of get the feel of what the donuts felt like. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and that was good. That lasted about 20 minutes. And then we all got killed to live, live play. But, but it was still, it was enough. It was enough to get us the basic, you know, pictures we needed so we could come up with a plan. You know, Bolters did most of that hard work. Yeah. Uh, and, so IV6 and Bolters, then, the, the Force Commander of Bushido Way, yep. actually within, he's, he, that's a name that hasn't come up yet, but he's the one, he's the actual mastermind behind the victory, right? Uh, yes. I, I think it is safe to say that he is the guy that engineered our victory. He he watched the map. He did his due diligence. He applied, you know, the practices that we hone on live, and he knew our capabilities. And yeah, he just applied what Bushido Way does best to this map, and uh, and he saved us from a complete total. We yeah. almost didn't. So I was I was part of the reserve crew playing on live. So I think one of the more interesting aspects of this outfit war is there's actually some. It's a little bit of a porous layer between the actual people playing the outfit war on Desolation doing the show match and everyone else playing on, you know, Esamir, Indar, Amrish, whatever, um, in that resources, in the, in, in the form of outfit resources, can are still flowing from live back to the outfit in Desolation. Is that how it works? Hey, real quick. Yeah. Yo, hold on, real quick. In this clip here, Thogar yeah. here had just desynced. His internet went to crap. So the first thing we had was Thogar here. His internet exploded. So any moment now, you're going to watch him Drop underneath the map and start teleporting around. He literally was just oh, and he there has the clips. Is. He, yeah, he's yeah there he, yeah. So in, like in the clips on his side was we were all floating in space away from him, 
while he's <laughs> popping around and riding on this on this wild horse, you know, <laughs> right? At the, we're oh all, you see, I'm watching him like like the comms is just him like uh I don't understand what's happening, <laughs> and uh, and yeah yeah that that was our opener on the for the tank crew. Well done, Thogar. Uh, yeah, well done, Thogar. Yeah, he he eventually crashed up ahead fully, and yeah, it was just. Oof. Yeah, let's talk a little uh, anyway, bit so about I, that opener. Can, uh, uh, do you feel comfortable with sharing a little bit about the Bushido way strategy, or do you want to keep um, that more of a secret? No, it doesn't matter. Uh, honestly, if you were to watch the recursion match, they they executed our planned opener. So uh, basically, uh, this is where some of the two v one stuff comes. Uh, we targeted the most, what we felt like was our biggest threat, the the player base that knew us the best, right? We fought GSLD multiple times. Mm-hmm. We had have this 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 profound amount of respect for the, their capabilities, and we're like, the first thing we need to do is make sure that they they, they don't get out of control. And right. so this match was pushed... Bushido Way versus uh, Guardian Shield for the new yep. conglomerate that's GSLD. And then, uh, last but definitely not least, uh, AOD uh, for the Terrans, right? Yep. And so what we act, so we pushed both lanes at the same time, and uh, but with 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 a bias of the armor towards GSLD because we were expecting them to roll a bunch, of, and uh-huh. that was just our early expectation. And what instead of what happened is instead of us stealing their base, Tac drivers stole ours. So <laughs> I mean, it's not you know it's not like like we weren't wrong. We knew that they were going to be extremely difficult, and uh, and they showed it to us. I mean, straight up in their opener, they whooped our tails. Like, the map turned very blue at the start. Yeah, it was it was very it was a very bad looking map for us here, and and it, they just they really climbed fast, and we just couldn't. We had a lot of trouble recovering, and it it like you can, and you know if you could hear the comms in this video, they they that would reflect. Like when they're 200 ahead and we had 70 points, and the comms were just like, "Ah, what is happening? We can't go anywhere. We can't touch anything. Uh, we're losing the whole front. What are we gonna do?" And uh-huh. you know, it just, it just, it showed. But we we kept, we still kept our cool within reason. But it mm-hmm. definitely showed that how our our ineffectiveness was kind of biting us, and or or something. Whatever we our plan, our plan failed. So. Right. So then, plan failed. You had to adapt. We did. We did. So, uh, part of that was the infantry team taking the time to recover. So, uh, so what happened is, is we we st- we we went back. We focused it on our home front bases. We resecured those, and then, and then we pushed up again. And I think probably what really was the uh, the nail in the coffin for the other two outfits at this point was they made. A crucial mistake, I believe, of fighting each other too long in the same point, um, and that and this is the type of mistake that kind of happens for people that play um, a multi-lane uh, smash. So what'll happen is is they don't play the timers, and instead they get themselves into some a long protracted fight. Right. Um, and I think and that's what happened. And what it and, and it it was it was my maybe only a couple minutes, but but that's all you need with it. So with on this particular map. Within four minutes, you can take six bases, and that is a that is that is a fantastic difference. Yeah, the map right? can you move a your... lot if you're ex- moving around it well. 
Exactly. That that's probably the scariest part about desolation, just how fast that kind of it, the tables can. Uh huh. And and so there was two th- two fault two things that happened. First, you know, we gained supreme air dominance. Uh, our our air squad is was outrageously powerful. Um, they've been these guys have been playing with us for over a year. Um, and they 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 are they all fly a lot. Like it's just it's what they do. Yeah, this is this is numbers here. Yep. And um, it is yeah, and they're they're powerful force to be reckoned with. But so them up in the top, and then they basically started denying logistics, air logistics for these other factions. By keep basically keeping all of their air and their warp gates, um, simply it was simply due to good coordination and talent, um, as all these guys had. They didn't get much support from the ground. Um, that said, yeah. the other the other factions didn't roll out any tanks, so there was no that that's that's kind of an interesting little. Maybe if there was some more armor play, could have played a little bit of a different. Um, I I would argue that you know it if if GSLD ro- decided to roll. You know, twelve tanks, twelve sky guards out the front door. You know, the the planned effectiveness of our air force probably would have been a little bit uh, right. Not saying been hard to count a little could, bit. Yeah, they would have. They would have. They wouldn't have had anything to shoot per se. Uh-huh. I mean, sure, uh-huh. they maybe they could have changed over to different kits. Um, switched over to air to ground stuff. They probably still could have been very effective, but maybe not. You know, this grossly effective. Uh, they were. They were. They were good. They were well within their element where they performed the best. It was a bit so, of a surprise, uh, wasn't it, to not see Guardian Shield roll out a bunch of vehicles? That's kind of what their uh, that's that's one of their their uh, their strengths, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they were going for a surprise tactic in their uh-huh. opener, and and that worked very well. Uh, they distracted us. We our air our air force got tied up. We let a bunch of stuff slip through. They stole four bases right at the very beginning of the match. Um, like it, their opener was fantastic. Uh, where they probably missed is they probably failed to record. They probably failed to um, adapt to 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 our strong air force, uh-huh. right? You know, so I you know, if they if they would have adapted and done something a little bit different, it might it probably would have been a little bit of a different story. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, there's I mean again everything's everything's high twenty, right? Naturally, so we had the air, we had armor out in the field, so I could see their commander going well. You're asking me to basically take an entire squad or two that's been solely practicing air the last two days and now move them into armor where they're not set up for it, they're not prepped for it. Right. Like, like if you were to consider that from the B-Way side, um, like our internal prepa- preparation for our players was um, we every single squad practiced at least two hours a day starting from uh, starting from Thursday until Sunday, right before the match. Uh-huh. Right. Um. It was Sunday, right? I Saturday. Think, it was Saturday. Okay. Well. So yeah. My. I know my armor squad. We practiced Thursday, Friday, uh, and Saturday morning, uh-huh. and um, we you know we spent probably four hours the first going through roles, going through responsibilities, you know, getting us organized, doing some live play, you know, getting all of our kits set up, and then doing the then we my squad was a flex squad, so we did the same thing for infantry. Well. Uh huh. Uh huh. These aren't our regular squads. People are kind of mixed up, so we had to you know, reset roles and responsibilities for that as well. So um, I can definitely see, like, imagine if I took one of my infantry squads, or uh, or like, imagine if I took Shades' infantry squad, which is solely meant for infantry, and being like, look, the tank play is so crazy on the map right now. You guys need to switch over and adapt. 
you yeah. know, a bunch of guys that had that hadn't inserted anything or yep. and in a format like it, that prioritizes speed that's death yeah yeah i absolutely. see totally the point you're making yeah um it seems like preparation um not just for a, a specific way to approach it but to be ready to flex seems to be ex- extremely important in this format. Yeah, I, I, it's definitely a rock paper scissors kind of thing. I think. Uh huh. Um, I, I, I truly believe that there are some tacks that we haven't. Seen. Um, obviously, you know, T opened with air, and they were, they dominated the map. Talking about I'm, toxic I'm zerg they... surfers, the yep. gold victors on, is it cobalt? I think it's cobalt. I yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit more going on with that, w- with that, with that, um, with that match. Right. But but basically, like the air. It's the beauty I, of I planet side. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So and many I, things I, going I, I on. Think, so many variables. Uh, it's. I mean, it, there is a lot, and a lot of it comes down to like how there's a lot of skill involved as well. Sure. Right. Um. You know, twelve prowlers are extremely scary for pilots. Mm-hmm. Right. You know that high rate of fire, the one shot kind of sends an ESF to burning. Um, excuse me. Um, like if I'm, I could only imagine if there were you know twelve sharpshooter you know prowlers out there just knocking ESFs out of the sky one after the next. Man, that'd be that would have been a monster to deal with. Yeah. Um, just through a, from a sheer skill perspective. Uh, again, so that's like pretty I could keep exciting. Going through the... And I, I think I heard you start to say that there are strategies that we haven't seen yet, which gives me hope. Yes for future seasons of Outfit Wars, that we're going to see not just a static meta where the format is solved, right? But that because of the asymmetrical 1v1v1 uh, and the fact that, you know, vehicles and air and infantry are all a thing, we're going to see a uh, 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 rock, paper, scissors where someone's going to try something new. Like, it's, it's pretty clear that next time around, outfits are going to have to have a way to respond to air. Everyone saw the dominance of air this time around, right? And so maybe yeah. it counterbalances in a way that's very anti-air focused and people who get ready to, to get up in the air maybe aren't going to have success. Or maybe there's a reaction to the reaction. And that's that's competition, baby. That feels like esports yep. to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, also balance change. Right. You know, who, who knows what might, what might come from those. Uh, right. But... Well, I think, I think even the 1v1v1 brings even one more into it, right? Because you could have two sides that focus on air and then one side that focuses on all of the most powerful anti-air metas in the game sure and all of a sudden you have two factions that need to retool because they're completely ineffective uh, or or something like just imagine just imagine looking at this picture right here if i would if i were to put you know uh 12 or 24 sky guards in a circle around all of these around that Uh whole center portion yeah just just you know there was no map yeah, and just let them rip through whatever was out there. We could just, <laughs> you know, that would I mean, be beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they might not be, they, their effectiveness might not last long because, you know, that little armor column that's down there below might roll up there and just rip through them all like it's no tomorrow. Right. Uh, but our air would get shooken up sure, for a minute. Yep. And then and it's, the response to that and the response to that. This is, yeah. This is exciting to me. Game. This has got like It's legs. an RTS game with real people. Right. Um, I, I think one of the most amazing things about this whole update, you know, the Bastion, we haven't even talked about the Bastion, but the Bastion is fantastic. War assets. Um, but I think one of the most triumphant things is that this, 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 the crown of outfit wars and just the fact that this seems to be a format that everyone liked playing 
and everyone liked watching. And I agree. I agree. I think that obviously they're going to iterate on it. Obviously, they called this Alpha One. They were very careful to call this their Alpha One season. But um, I think that that uh, that was hugely important for RPG to get right, and I'm really proud that they did. That's my read on it. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> yeah. That's no, my I read on it. I think. Yeah, I think you're right on point with that. I think. Um, you know, I. I think I think it's got I I definitely agree with you that it's got legs. Um honestly honestly the the only, the only thing I think I'm I would like to see is I think I'd like to see more on Desolation. I feel like the map needs a little bit more flair to it, a little maybe some more structure or like it's got some pretty good stuff built up on it right now, but I think like I'm not I'm not quite sure yet what I would like to see, but like it still feels a little desolate. And maybe that's okay. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh i get what you're saying though you want to see it you want to see them flesh it out a bit like maybe not all the structures need to be bases maybe you have some like betweener structures um one of the things that i i think based on what i'm hearing from the community in general there's obviously room for is um i don't know I, i'm not sure if we need to wait and see what the response is to the emerging air meta but um, I have a feeling that a lot of vehicle players or people who like to see a vehicle play were a little let down by by the way this this played out. That maybe is one of the I, only negative pieces of feedback I've heard. What do you think? I think that there were no there were no good vehicle outfits that participated. Like um, if that sounds right, at least at least from the matches that I watched. Uh huh. Like if you if you look at all three of the gold ones, the gold uh the gold matches. Which were the ones that were most publicized? Right, it was an infantry outfit versus an in an infantry outfit, an infantry outfit, right? Sure. Like, uh, like Connery was three infantry outfits. And right. I, I don't know. I mean, pigs might have been more multi, um, more combined arms than the I don't other know much two. Much about those guys. They come over from Briggs, you know, right? That's Pale Tigers. Yeah. Group. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but you know, what's interesting is the only armor I saw on that entire match was recursion. Uh-huh. You know, the guys known for their for their infantry play the most right and, and, um, and recursion came out one of the the big upsets i think in outfit wars yes everyone was surprised yes, at that outcome so for those who don't know um recursion uh one of the household names on planet side um they're an institution and and you know if if b-way was a monastery of of the old knowledge of being good at planet side recursion certainly was was right up there and has been around longer um Everyone expected Recursion to come in roaring into Outfit Wars and to, sh- and to really show us something, but something didn't quite go right for them. I don't yeah, know what it was. Not... I haven't watched that match in detail yet. I did see them get run over by a harasser, which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's some good emerging gameplay right there, if I've Beautiful. ever seen Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would have stood there and just let, let her run me over, man. Just let this snap the picture <laughs> right as it happens. Like, that harasser roof meta. Next season, boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be great if I if I would have had like the feed of her running me over, and then I would have sent it to her so she could like post that clip out with it, you know, exactly. just side by side, getting run over, the the cam of you getting ran over, and then you getting ran over. <laughs> just the the trifecta would have looked pretty cool. I mean, that was that's just a, that was just that was a gold m- moment in that match for sure. But I you know I I would like to see this match actually done. You know, with an outfit that prides themselves in armor, um, like you call uh, anyone like, out. Who would you like to see step up? I mean, unfortunately, there's no big outfits that do armor. That's a tough one. Like, um, 
the smaller outfits, uh, I mean, you know, FedEx would be the most notable one on Emerald for being right. good with their armor play. Um, you know, TG, they get out there, they do it for fun. Um, but there's no real counters to these guys out in live play. Um, you know, Sokar sometimes runs a gigantic Zerg ball of Sunderers. That doesn't really count. Um, but they looks have a cool, lot of though. fun doing it. So it looks <laughs> cool and, and it's fun. So, I mean, yeah. you know, there's not, they're not doing anything wrong. But um, hold on, my dog's bell. Give me a second. Uh, <laughs> no problem. There you go. I fixed that. Um, I hear what you're saying. And maybe this is a qualification problem. Um, are armor outfits in a good spot to qualify for outfit wars? And maybe that kind of leads into a larger discussion about it's quite clear that in all this, if, if Outfit Wars, the war itself, is the, the, the best thing that came out of this, the worst thing is obviously the qualification phase. I oh, without a doubt. That's got to that, that change somehow. Yeah, that, that whole thing, that hurt people's souls. So it, that was just... I heard, I heard one B-Way player have basically an, an, an existential meltdown on TeamSpeak after it was over. I was like, oh, who was that? Oh, I'm not going to call him now. Come on. Okay, okay. I'll tell you afterwards. Um, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I, do, I do know, I do remember one person posted in our Discord that basically said, um, uh, I've been playing this game so much that I just woke up from a nightmare where Sokar was 2,000 points ahead of us again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the worlds bleed it was together. Really, yeah, it was really a, a, a terrifying thing. So, so how does this I, get fixed? I, what do you think? Ah, uh, well, first honestly, off, what's what's wrong with it? It's it obviously just totaling points over a, a multiple day period is not is not feasible because humans aren't constructed to play for five days straight. I simply think that it. Uh, just not be allowed. I, I think the 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 80% solution to this is by locking the points to only being collected during a server's prime. Sure. I think that'd be. I think that's the easiest way to step into it. So and and only have it make maybe make it a five day max. Yeah. So that people know that they're participating. Um. And, and the other thing I would do is I would put a minimum a minimum population on a on on a particular map. Like if 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 there aren't at least six hundred people playing on a map, qualify it for. Oh. Right. So maybe you could have like um maybe uh, a concise way to wrap up both those ideas is to have outfit wars alerts and your activity yeah. during that time on that continent is what counts. I, I think that would be a pretty good one. Um, I I think a, a, probably a better idea, uh, or it's a slightly tuned version of it would be to make these alerts uh at the same time every day. Uh-huh. Right, make it make it so that people log in, and they know it exactly. They know it. They know that at six o'clock, eight o'clock, ten o'clock, you know, uh, a sixty or ninety minute alert's gonna kick off, and that's where you get your. And point. it's game time. Yep. And it's game time, and there's thirty minutes in between each one, so people can log off and take a break. Sure. Right. Um, and then they can log back on, and then you know, yeah, sure, you might get people playing four and a half hours a day, competing all three, but that's not six. That's not fifteen. Like yeah. we've had some people doing, yes. You know it. It was, uh, you know, the 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 way it was before was toxic by by far. So totally. Uh, I think I think those two changes would be enough, honestly, to really kind of balance it out. And 
And by keeping it on, a, on, a, on the active server during an alert specifically tailored for it, um, I, think that, I think that gives you good fight also. Whereas before, um, you know, before it really encouraged the ghost cap. It really encouraged you know, point exploitation. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, then it becomes, how do I push the front line during prime time? Right. Um, and the other thing I would do is I wouldn't lock. I'd do a better job sharing the, the level of effort done, I think. Um, How so? I think I would do something like almost like a top three for a base cap or something like that, or you know, or bucket the score out. Are you talking about the problem way. of outfit ownership? The fact that only one outfit wins a wins a base. Yeah, it really does share the efforts amongst the other outfits that are there. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's a winner take all format. So during the qualification phases, we had it. Um, I think. And you correct me if I'm wrong, Madman, but I think that um, kills and points you contributed to a base capture totaled up for your outfit, whether you won or not. But the thing that winning gets you is it gets you the the points per tick as yes. your faction retains ownership of that base with your outfit's name on it. And that yes. adds up. And it creates some mildly degenerate play where maybe if you see your competition owning a base and it's getting attacked, you don't jump in. You kind of hope that it gets taken by the other faction so that you can jump in and then put your name on it, right? Yeah, it encourages the behavior. Like, uh, we, we actively had to dismiss the in-game in game mechanics to go defend a friend's base, a friendly uh-huh. outfit's base. Um, you know, it, it, was just, it was highly discouraging of any other activity. Yeah. And it, honestly, it made for a bunch of bad politics, bad gameplay. Um, it put a bunch of bad will into the community in between outfits. Right. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of lot of nasty stuff that came from it. I hope that yeah. part disappears next. So split ownership, or maybe an end to ownership. I don't know. Um, oh, I think def- I think somebody that defends your base should get rewarded with your points for a certain ticks or something like that. Sure. So. Or, not just the problem of the initial capture of going from you know red to purple or whatever the case is, but also um, if if you come in and jump in and defend a base that's held by someone right now on live, if you do that, if you make a heroic effort to defend a base that was that has an, another guild, uh, not guild scary, another outfit's name on it, when you win and push the hordes off, that outfit retains that old outfit's name, whether or not they were there for the defense. You know what I really liked what you said a minute ago. I really liked you said when you said expiration. Um, uh. I think what would be would be quite interesting is if uh, the resources were more based off the front line and less based off of everything you capped on the entire continent. Uh-huh. So maybe you know maybe what you do is you know you basically say something along the lines of this base you know Eway's got half the points, SKL's got half the points. They split the resources fifty fifty. And then they leave. And over 10 minutes, those those scores kind of trickle down and they get less and less and less from it. Sure. You know, but maybe make, the, maybe make the score kind of drive the resource gain a little bit and the distribution of the resource gain a little bit. And I mean, keep it kind of, I think keep it the way it, the score is now. But, but this way, if somebody shows up and defends the base and they generate a bunch of score there, then all of a sudden they start collecting a selected portion of the resources generated just for their time being there yeah you know and uh i think something along those lines a little bit more like bucketed scoring with with dk time with decay times is probably a good way to do it i think sounds fair but it also sounds complicated 
Not really. Not really. From a software perspective, you literally have one number per outfit, and all of the players there with the same tag, they add to that same number, and then it just has a, a, a standard uh, percentage de 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 degeneration of the total. Right? How do so you, you show that to say, the like, player? How do you make the player understand that? How do you present it? Um, you would basically, I, I think it might be, you might be able to do it with a base ownership graph, maybe. Um, some, maybe like a second tab off the leaderboard, and you would just basically, it'd be like, you would hit it, and it would just be like the current outfit scoring for there, and then the maybe some distribution. I don't know, maybe that's too data analytics of me. Maybe there's, I mean, a, maybe there's a stupid, simple way to display that. I get what you're saying, man. I'm, I come at it from the same angle you do. I work in software. But I know that when you're talking about introducing a lot of new new UI elements that display complicated data, and you're asking a player to click through multiple times to understand what impact their effort had on on scoring and on the map, I don't know if that's a great deal for the average the average outside the worst competitor. Just, just do it the way it's maybe don't do um don't show them anything then just show it right on the outfit wars page. Just be like they can go into their outfit wars page and they can just show their current uptick rate. Sure. Like you are currently earning fifty-five points per tick right now. Sure. You know, and and that's and here it. Are the and the bases that are contributing to it, and here's here's their age, how long ago they were captured, or whatever. You might not even need to show that much, honestly. Well, um, if you're having a decay system where those ticks diminish over thirty minutes or three hours or whatever, I, I I get what you're driving for, and if we can if we can segregate the qualification gameplay from normal planet side gameplay where you know, there is kind of some outfit pride to seeing your name on a base. I think that's a good thing that Planetside does. I don't want that to go away, but maybe it causes problems with qualification. And we can put that ownership on pause while this is happening. Maybe, I mean, maybe um, maybe instead of ta calling it base ownership, calling it, you know, you know, uh, you know, the number one contributor dead. Like change the change the verbiage to show that it's not you don't own this base. It's not yours. It's owned by your faction. Yeah. And you're just a contributor of it instead. Like maybe when you, you know, get points on a base capture, you get stonks, and then your stonks go through the roof. <laughs> yes. I love that meme. Yes. One of my favorites. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. I okay. Well, there are probably you know fifteen hundred different ways to skin a cat. I'm betting RPG already has a, a, a well conceived solution in their back pocket. Um. For how to approach this, because I don't think anyone said anything nice at all about the qualification phase. Um, it created bad planet side. It wore people out. Made people not want to play the game anymore. Um, so hopefully next time around we get it, we get it in a format that gets people that catalyzes people and gets them excited rather than makes them feel like all the juice has been squeezed out of them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't like my juice getting squeezed out. Yeah. Unless it's well, let's not go there. <laughs> no, no, we're done. We're, never mind. <laughs> uh, so yeah, in 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 general, I mean, how do you feel about escalation as a whole? How has escalation gone for Rogue Planet games and Planet Side? Um, I'd say I'd say it went pretty dang well. Um, I I would definitely say that it's got some room to grow. Um, I think it's got some pretty good legs. Um, I think the current developing group kind of has a, they've had the best handle on their community that they've had since four years ago, at least. Agreed. Um, honestly, I love the fact that Andy puts out a post every week right now, or yeah. twice a week, or three times. That is that is the healthiest thing, um, especially when you have games like Star Citizen with how much 
well, they have a lot of other bad press, but what they do have is their developers are out there just dumping information. Like you can't help but just show up and just gobble it all up. Yeah. Right. If if anything, players love more than anything is just talking to the developers of their most passion of the game they're most passionate about. Right. Right. You know what's what's next? What can we do about it? Can it, maybe my idea is a good idea? You know, it 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 builds passion, and they really they really like that engagement. So, I I think the dev team is finally operating under a sustainable model. Right. If they can keep the players engaged, if they can keep this content coming, um, I think they're set up for a good future. It, you know, they they definitely brought a dead game back alive with a lot of good press. Uh, and you know, when was you know when was the last time you saw over a hundred, you know, viewers on a on a Twitch stream for Daybreak? And before this, maybe. Yeah, maybe, but not even really, right? You know, Outfit Wars they had like twenty three hundred people, twenty five hundred yeah. people watching watching their main stream for the for Outfit Wars release day. Yeah, and um, it was impressive, right? And Absolutely. and then fifteen hitting fifteen thousand total concurrent players at one time, again impressive. So, all I say is BBG ride the wave, fix the pain point, polish, and then and then focus on what's. There it is. You heard it from Madman, co-leader of Bushido Way. I think it's a good place to end it, my friend. Anything else you yeah. you want to add? Uh, nothing more than uh, I'm really thankful for my community. They're they're the they're the only thing that keeps me going, right? Without with all without all those good people, just kind of really kind of just being good people. I don't, I definitely wouldn't put in the effort that I put in. So thank you. There it is. Okay. Now, um, I know, uh, Madman, you're not really much of a social media type. But is is there anything you want to promote? Um, how can people find Bushido Way if they're interested in learning more about it? Uh, that would be our Discord, and that is most likely the best way. Uh, okay. by by using a discord okay i will drop a link to the discord here in the in the description this is going to end up on youtube and a few other places so that'll be there um also okay. if you're watching the twitch vod you should see bushido way's website which i think might have a link to the discord um I, actually yeah that does that would be actually a really good one okay indirect way to get there and it has some information about what b is about um and uh what makes him so awesome uh so yeah um the signing off. Uh, thanks, Madman. Um, once again, uh, my name is uh, my name is Deke. Uh, I'm the host of this this uh, basement side, whatever the heck you call this. Um, we do long form conversations about games and gamers, and Planet Side is one of my favorite to talk about. We're on um, on Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, and a few other places. If you just search for Basement Side or my name, Deke, and that's all we got for tonight. From our basement to yours. Have a good night. Good night.